I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Opinionated Lush's Books and Booze, where we invite indie authors onto our platform to talk about some of their works, do a little reading for you, and uh, and talk about indie authoring. I don't know, <laughs> writing and everything else. Uh, so I'll throw it to Dawn so she can introduce this week's author. Hey, guys, gals, theys, and thems, and thank you for joining us again on Books and Booze. Today, we have Brenda joining us. Hi, Brenda. Hi. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, anything, your favorite drink. I want to hear it all. Okay, well, um, I came prepared and drinking Kahlua and cream. So, Ooh. Yeah. Um, my name is Brenda Tatro. I am originally from the west coast of Oregon. I was born and raised there. Um, joined the military, met, married my husband, got out, went to Japan, and now we live in Delaware. And Ooh. as Wayne says in Wayne's world, hi, we're in Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God there's so much to do in pennsylvania maryland and virginia and all the states around delaware because yeah aside from the beach there's not a lot here so. <laughs> um we're canadians so uh, we don't there's not I, a lot here either. the closest i've gotten to canada is the the bridge on the american side of the bridge at uh, niagara falls and that was just a couple of years ago and Oh, uh, the Peace so Bridge. I, yes, the Peace Bridge. I couldn't think of what it was called. I was going to call it the Rainbow Bridge, but that's... There, well, there's both. Entirely. There's the Peace Bridge and the Rainbow Bridge. They're both there. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I did not know that. But yeah. Um, Neither did I. <laughs> we, uh, My husband and I were in Niagara Falls a few years ago. Of course, we did the Maid of the Mist and the whole thing and absolutely loved it. And we didn't have our passports and they weren't allowing us, anybody in, even though we had our military IDs, which... Kind of constitutes as a passport everywhere else but it's okay we got to get them renewed anyway so someday. <laughs> <laughs> someday we our goal is to go back it, to go back and see niagara from the canadian side and have some real authentic poutine and all that good stuff oh uh, yes <laughs> we mm. had a poutine in maine a couple years ago and i was like oh this is really good but i bet if it was in Canada, it'd be even better. But we'll find yes. out someday. <laughs> now you can cheaper. have everything on poutine. Everything's on poutine here nowadays. Oh, really? oh yeah. Like, you get, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Like you get the gravy and cheese curd, mm. but now you can get like pulled pork poutine, cheeseburger poutine, bacon poutine, breakfast poutine, yep. hangover poutine. Oh, hangover poutine. Yeah. <laughs> All that the... sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds really interesting. I wonder if it's got a fried egg on it. Probably. It does. It does. <laughs> you know. And some hot sauce. Oh, yep. That's good. Awesome. It's a favorite of that. mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I like to travel. 
like I said, I, I was in the military for two years. I was in the Air Force for two years. My husband served 20 years. And uh, we actually met in California. And about nine months later, we said, hey, let's run off and get married. We were literally the the um, the insta-love couple. Only, only I denied it for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, when he said those three little words, I looked at him and said, "Oh, honey, no, you don't." <laughs> <And I> was, <laughs> not yet. I'm not ready. You know, I just had a breakup, and uh, yeah, I was just like, well, "No, really, you don't. You don't. You, you really don't want to do that with me. You, know, you do not want to fall in love with me." And uh, he, to this day, he will tell me how terribly I crushed him that day. But he stuck around. I was this spoiled, rotten little brat bitch, and he stuck around. <laughs> and uh, it'll be 31 years married this summer. Oh. I mean, you know, hey, he's he's he persevered and he stuck it out, and <laughs> I guess he won. <laughs> so never when, yeah. You know, I may have denied it initially, but yes, it, it was literally love at first sight for both of us. And um, so when people tell me, oh, instant love, instant love doesn't exist, I'm like, mm, let me show you 30 years of insta love, you know? And everyone's like, happily ever afters don't exist. Um, let me show you 30 years of happily ever after. <laughs> and that's why I write the books that I do. You know, yeah, sometimes there's insta love, sometimes it's a slow burn, some, but it's always. Uh, uh, happily ever after, and that's because that's, what I got. that's amazing. Would you like to tell us a bit about the book that you're reading from today? Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm going to be reading from Tempted, the first book in my Nightshade series. This is actually my second series. This is the story of Roman Arsenal, who is uh, what's known as a dompier in uh, Romanian folklore. It's half human, half vampire, all badass. Uh, that they pretty much exist to um, to destroy Strigoi. And Strigoi are vampires or witches who have been starved to the point of bloodlust, where they are pretty much like the Terminator. They're very much unstoppable. You literally have to cut their heads off, cut their hearts out, you know, and, you know, do everything yeah. to kill these things. And they will die. You just have to know how to do it. Roman's kind of one of the few guys in the in the world that can still do it. Sabrina is a, well, maybe human socialite who uh, is the only daughter of a city councilman and his upwardly mobile wife. And uh, they really only see her as nothing more than a prop for their own social upward climbing. And uh, when she realized at a young age that they really didn't give two shits about her, she actually started acting out. And it is during one of these um, instances of acting out that Roman and Sabrina actually meet and they go through the trials and tribulations and, you know, they eventually live happily ever after, I guess. We'll see. <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. Okay, well, I'll get the drink words ready for our listeners out there and Dawn so she can write them down in case she forgets. Yes. <laughs> uh, so our drink words for this is Roman, Sabrina, Sabrina. Kiss, Lips, Lips, and Sexy. Woohoo. Slip, sexy, Sabrina, yeah. and Roman. All right, I got this. Now I went a, okay. I went a little PG thirteen here, but there's still a little spice. But it it's short and sweet. But I I really enjoy this uh, this chapter a lot. So I'm excited to hear. It. I'm going to mute my mic so you don't have to hear any of my slurping sounds <laughs> during your reading. <laughs> and so feel free to start whenever, and just let us know when you're finished. Okay. An hour later, legs freshly shaved, hair washed, and her skin smelling of the jasmine oil she'd used in her bath, Sabrina stood, dressed in her terry cloth robe and cradling a cup of hot tea in her hands, 
and staring in frustration at the contents of her closet. The size of a modest bedroom, Sabrina's closet was stacked floor to ceiling with more clothing, shoes, and accessories than one woman could wear in five years. So why couldn't she find anything to wear for her date with Roman? Of course, she wasn't entirely sure what to expect from a date with the dark, intense, and sensual man. But if he was anything like the first and last dates she'd had over the past year, she shook her head sharply. What the hell was she thinking? Anyone with half a brain knew that a first date with Roman Arsenault would be unlike any first date ever had by any woman at any point in the history of the world. At least that's what her instincts were shouting. She could only hope to follow that intuition and pray that it was right. She set her tea aside and taking a deep breath, stepped into the closet. She just needed to relax and have fun. The first thing that caught her eye was a pair of black leather motorcycle boots that were not in their usual box, but rather sitting atop her jewelry en moi. Sabrina felt a little tingle run up her spine at the sight of her boots sitting there, almost as if they were waiting for her, or as if someone had left them there as a hint, then shook it off and reached for the rugged footwear with a grin. She suddenly knew exactly what she was wearing tonight. Her doorbell chimed at precisely 7 p.m., and Sabrina smiled brightly in appreciation for Roman's manners. She couldn't begin to count the dates that had arrived late, or even worse, early, as she made sure the collar of her blouse was high enough to hide the hickey she discovered while applying her makeup, and checked her lipstick in the mirror one last time before opening the door. She vaguely remembered the feeling the moment he'd marked her, but at the time hadn't thought anything of it. Now she could only hope to keep it covered from her mother's eyes until it faded. The last thing Sabrina wanted was another lecture from her mother, and a hickey was a good way to set herself up for one. Grinning, she reached for the doorknob, swung open the door, and promptly sucked in an appreciative breath the moment she laid eyes on Roman. He was dressed in black trousers and jacket. He wore no tie and the top two buttons of his silk charcoal gray dress shirt were undone. His shoes were black but unshined and the watch that graced his wrist was an understated matte silver. His hair looked soft and curled enticingly over his ears and along his shirt collar. He wore no rings or pendants and for that, Sabrina found herself feeling ridiculously relieved. She'd found that she could predict the level in which she'd enjoy an evening with a date by how much jewelry they wore. The more they wore, the less she enjoyed herself. Her smile grew wider as she greeted him. Hi, she sighed, feeling breathless and excited. Roman almost didn't reply. He was too busy gawking at the gorgeous vision before him. Though it had been mere hours since he'd last seen her, Roman's memories paled in comparison to the lovely reality of Sabrina Donahue. Her skin seemed more luminous than he remembered, her body more lithe and beautiful than even his excellent memory could recall. And the fact that she'd somehow managed to echo his own style of downplayed chic and added her own little touches of punk had him grinning all the more. And he was finally able to unglue his tongue from the roof of his mouth long enough to return her greeting. It was that grin that made Sabrina realize she'd chosen her outfit well. Her leather motorcycle boots were on her feet, her legs clad in black stockings held up by a black satin garter belt over a matching pair of panties. Her black leather skirt was just long enough to not be embarrassing or indecent, and her dove gray silk blouse was unbuttoned, just enough to allow the lace of her sheer black bra to play peekaboo. Like Roman, she'd chosen silver as her jewelry, and she wore a pair of simple matte silver teardrop-shaped earrings, and around her neck was a black leather cord from which hung a simple matte silver teardrop-shaped pendant. She pulled her long hair back into a loose chignon at the base of her neck, securing it with a jeweled silver clip, leaving several loose curls unfettered to frame her face. A black leather jacket finished off the look, and as she allowed him to help her into it, Sabrina caught a hint of his cologne and felt her hormones stand up and take notice. The almost immediate arousal she felt caught her off guard. 
Okay, yeah, she knew he was knock your socks off gorgeous and had a body made for sin. But she dated other good-looking, sexy men without feeling the need to call off the date, grab them by the lapels of their expensive suit jacket, and pull them inside her apartment before locking the door and indulging in an all-night sex fest. And that's exactly what her hormones wanted her to do with Roman. Right here, right now, no excuses, no questions asked. So what do you have in mind for tonight? Sabrina couldn't believe that sultry purr of suggestion and invitation was her voice. Maybe he'd been thinking along the same lines as she and would suggest exactly the same thing she'd just been fantasizing about. A girl could always hope. She grabbed her little black clutch purse and closed the door of her apartment and leaned back against it as Roman leaned in close, caging her as he placed a hand against the door on either side of her head. Oh, he murmured, trailing his lips along her jaw to her ear. A little of this, perhaps a little of that. His warm breath over her ear caused her skin to erupt into goosebumps, and she gave a little gasp as he caught her earlobe in his teeth to give it a gentle tug. Her eyes drifted shut as his lips continued their foray down her neck, and she arched her head back to give him freer access. Her hands came up to clasp his head, and as his lips made a return foray up her neck, she was able to angle herself until his lips settled over hers, and she was once again drowning in the heat and the taste of his kiss. She arched into his body with a murmur of supplication, and when she felt him press into her, felt the heat of him branding her so deliciously, she groaned in need. On and on the kiss went, spinning out of control, tongues dueled, breaths gasped, hands wandered and touched, voices broke and needs rose. Once again, Roman's mouth traveled along the line of her neck, coming to rest at the wild pulse point at her throat. She felt the warm, wet heat of his tongue as it swept across the throbbing point, and just as she would have melted further into him, she felt him pause, almost as if he was trying to decide something important. And just for a moment, for a brief, intense, insane moment, she felt the impulse to urge him on, to tell him to bite, to taste. An odd, frightening, thrilling, and dark desire swept through her to feel his teeth against her skin, to feel his bite within her flesh. And she fell still as confusion crowded aside the lust she just luxuriated in. Roman felt the change fall over her Sabrina and with a rueful chuckle against her throat and one last sweep of his tongue against her slowing pulse, he managed to take a step back from the warmth of her body. He hadn't fallen ill as he had expected to after taking that small taste of her blood earlier in the afternoon, and the temptation to indulge in a long, leisurely tasting of her pounded through him, making his canine teeth ache and grow longer in his mouth, even as his body longed to be buried deep inside her, driving them both to complete and utter surrender as he did so. Soon, he said against her ear, his breath making shivers of fire shoot through her blood as desire rekindled. Very, very soon. Sabrina shivered at the promise in his husky whisper and was relieved to see that Roman seemed just as turned on as she was. She could hear it in his raspy voice and the rough sound of his breathing and certainly felt it in the rigid heat of his cock when he pressed into her one last time, butting up against her damp and achy core. Then, before she could do more than draw in a shaky breath, he was offering her his arm and escorting her to the elevator. And Sabrina found herself wondering if her panties were ever going to be dry again. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. <laughs> that was good. I, I got my drink. drink. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, whoa. Refill. Well, that was some foreplay. <laughs> I'm even getting a little red. <laughs> it's a little warm in here. That was good. That was thank you. Good. Thank you. And it <laughs> just gets hotter from there. <laughs> so mm. what made you choose your genre? Um, okay, so like I said, I love to travel. And um, I grew up on the Oregon coast. And as a kid, my whole family, we traveled everywhere you could possibly travel on the entire western seaboard. Let me tell you, there were a lot of long summer road trips in the back of the family truckster, if you know what I mean. Um <laughs> But the thing that fascinated me the most about when we traveled was the ghost stories, the folklore, the legends. And even to this day, when my husband and I travel somewhere, the one of the first things I do is find a bookstore and get a book of the local ghost stories, legends, and folklore. Just because the way I see it. It doesn't matter what color, creed, country, nationality, origin. It doesn't matter who you are in your life or where you live in this world. The one thing that connects all of us, not just the color of our blood, but the passing down of legends and folklore and every, Mm -hmm. every culture in this world has at least one ghost story. Mm -hmm. More than likely (laughs) about a thousand ghost stories so <laughs> you know most people are like oh i love the food when i travel no i love the ghost stories when i travel when i was a teenager my friend introduced me to johanna Lindsay uh, romances and this was back in the 80s when fabio was on the covers so we had the <laughs> we had the torn bodice and the wind sweeping through his hair kind of thing going on <clears throat> And they were okay. You know, I, I devoured romance novels like most teenagers devour French fries and, and milkshakes. Um, but there was just something missing, you know, and it, it just wasn't holding something for me. And then probably in my late 20s, I discovered Gina Showalter and the whole paranormal romance genre. And I was like, wait a minute. You're telling me we can combine ghost stories, folklore, and legends? I can, <laughs> I, I can do vampire romances? Really? Because I'd always loved Dracula growing up. I loved the movies. I loved the book. Yeah. Yep. I don't know how. I mean, I've seen every iteration of Dracula out there. And I've probably read every iteration as well. 
And so when I realized that I could write a romance with vampires and with dragon shifters and, and immortal men, and I was like, oh, crap, here we go. <laughs> and my first book is actually the first book of my previous series, The Bounty Cove Chronicles. And that was based on family history and legends and such and ghost stories that my grandmother taught me as a teenager. And that's when I said, let me try my hand at this. And I wrote the first book, it's called The Witcher Legacy. And I went on from there. And this is, Tempted is my seventh book overall. There are, oh crap, how many are there now? <laughs> I've written a grand total of 12 books. I'm working on the oh, 13th. Wow. 12, yeah, 12 books. I'm working on the 13th now, and that has been quite a, oh boy, that has been a roller coaster of, you know, failed flash drives and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I know what the feeling of that um, is. I'm in the middle of, you know, trying to write a book and my laptop mm -hmm. just like, look, and I was like, oh, here we go. So I definitely get that. Yeah. Um, how long, since you've written so many books, how long does it normally take you to write a book? Well, previous to the current one I'm writing, <laughs> the, the current <laughs> one I'm writing has, has been uh, almost three years, just because life and, and technical issues and all that stuff really have gotten in the way. Um, I write whenever I can. Um, but normally, uh, a year? Yeah, about a year. And that's, that's not bad. When, no, it's... Um, I, I fell out of my, my discipline for a while there and I, I just have to reestablish my discipline. And, and once that happens, you know, it's like a, a water tap, you know, once you, you have to turn it on for, for the water to flow and you actually have to write for the words to flow. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm working on getting my discipline back. So. Okay, well, speaking about like your, your writing and your process, mm -hmm. are you more of like a, like a, was a plotter, plotter or, or planner? No, oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> totally fly by the seat of my pants. It's literally, I like to say that I, I let my characters run wild and I just write the incident reports. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'm one of the weird writers that actually visually sees the action happening in her head while it's happening while she's writing it it's like i'm literally watching a movie as i i'm and i'm writing a transcript of the movie so yeah i and i just there have been times where i'll, I'll be right and i'll be right and i'm like okay this is where i want to go this is where i want to go wait a minute where did that left turn at albuquerque come from hey what did you, <laughs> hey, you, know, you know characters you try to raise them right and they run off and do whatever they want so yeah yeah, and they make new friends that you had no intention on having, and you're like, I don't know where this character came from, but I like them, and they're staying. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, I'll literally wake up in the middle of the night, and you know, just go to the bathroom or something, and I'll hear a whisper in my ear, and it's like, "Who are you?" And does it have to be right now? Yeah, <laughs> witching hour three a.m. That's mine. It's yeah. just well, I I usually am up between three and three thirty every morning for work. So, yeah, if they could just wait till I've had that first cup of coffee and I could, like, turn on my voice <laughs> recorder on my phone, everything would be hunky-dory. But, no. They oh, no, they don't like waiting. They like to <laughs> interrupt you at the most peaceful time. <laughs> the thing that I hate, though, is you'll, you'll hear, hi, how are you? My name is so-and-so, and I'm going to be your next great love. And you're like, really, dude? That's... that's that's kind of cheesy, number one. But number two, where do you think you fit in here? You know, I know of no new characters coming out of the woodwork right now. No, you just sit there in, 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 in the corner, do your coloring. And when I'm ready for you, I'll call you. You wait your turn, sir. You wait exactly, your turn. Exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, what would you say is the hardest thing about being an author? The, the promoting and the marketing. You know, um, Facebook is pretty much dead for book promotions anymore. Twitter is like screaming into the wilderness. I only discovered TikTok in October. 
you know, and I mean, it's really helped. Uh, Instagram is more for food and travel anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So TikTok has really become my lifeline. And honestly, um, it's a lot easier now. It makes it easier now to, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, guys, you know, and be silly and, 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 you know, five reasons why you really don't want to read this book. Yeah. But yeah, I would have to say marketing and promoting, um, getting the word out. I do a little um, guerrilla campaigning, as it were. Um, Example, Mm -hmm. uh, beginning of the month, I was working safety and security at a convention up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And I brought a bunch of my business cards with me and I left them laying around the whole convention center. Yeah, what we do. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we, yeah, we, we leave like stickers on flyers and stuff, yeah. random shit. <laughs> like you know, yeah, absolutely. whatever, whatever you can do. Yeah, I mean, I've been known to leave them in the women's bathroom at, at yes. restaurants and at train stations and such. So, you know, and my son, my son, God bless him, uh, he he's a Starbucks barista while he's going to school, and he will literally tell customers, "Hey." I see you like to read these kind of books. My mom writes those kind of books. Here's her business card. So he's almost <laughs> like my my traveling business manager, you know. But that I have to say, I, I know others would say, "Oh God, writing the blurb." No, no. I would rather write 800 new book blurbs, and each one be different. <laughs> Then have to spend more than a couple hours a week doing marketing and promoting, <laughs> yeah. because you get you just don't know what's going to hit. You know, yeah, mm-hmm. you can take a look and you can study the trends, but the moment that you walk in, that's the moment something else takes over. Yeah, so it you know it's really hard to uh, to anticipate, but I think I'm getting better at it. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Um, so since, since you fly by the seat of your pants, do you find you have to edit a lot in your, in your writing? I actually edit as I go. Um, I'm one of these people and, and I mean, there are some school of thoughts out there that say, do not edit before you finish the first draft. I'm like, bitch, please. I, 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 I. I was taught how to write book series by, you know, Daddy George Lucas, you know, and uh, there's always a trilogy and there's always a first, middle and end act. And there's always a first, second and third in the trilogy. And they don't necessarily have to come in order. (laughs) But um, when I reopen my, my manuscript for a new day of writing, I will go back to the beginning of the last section that I wrote and I'll be sitting going, mm-hmm. well, did I really mean to use that word? I don't think I really meant to use that word. Let's change that word. And I know I, did, you know, and I'll sit there going, oh, hmm, I, hmm, I don't think so. Let's, let's delete, 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 delete. And the next thing I know, I've deleted like half, half of what I wrote the last time. I'm like, okay. And then I start going on to the next section that I plan to write. So you know, I'm just one of those people. And I, I will literally stop in the middle of a session and go scroll back going, okay, let's see. What did I write? Well, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. Let's rewrite. And I, I edit as I go, you know? And yeah. Well, it's just interesting. Cause we, we've had like a few indie authors obviously on our show and they all have different processes. It's like, you know, some just write and then they edit everything. Others like plan to the smallest oh, yeah. detail before they write. And I'm just like, oh my, like there's so many, there's so many ways to write a book. I guess. There is. There's <laughs> just like there's a million different ways to, to chew bubble gum. There's a million different ways to, to write a book. Uh, someone once said, and honestly, I don't remember who it was and I don't remember the exact quote. But someone said all writers are psychotics. And I was like, because they listen to little voices in their heads. And I was like, <laughs> you know, that makes sense. But I, I would like to also add an addendum to that. Yes, we're all psychotics, but we're the, the sweeter, fluffier, kinder, gentler <laughs> ones who don't need medication. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, I wouldn't go that far because I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm medicated. <laughs> I promise those little voices we're listening to are not telling us 
you know, are not coming from the cats and telling <laughs> us to do something despicable. So you just got to get those voices out of your head exactly. on the paper. And I work retail. So, and if you know anything about the retail life, oh, I know, do. <laughs> I will be 52 this year. I have been working retail since I was 14. And let me tell you something there are some. Some people who go nameless in my books who end up being hapless victims of monsters and strange and unusual occurrences. <laughs> because when it comes down to it, writing's my therapy. And I can't stand mm -hmm. up and, you know, I can't jump up at the counter and say, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. You know, <laughs> triple hate you. You're cool. I, fuck you. I, 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 I'm I, out. I can't do that. So I... The ones that particularly piss me off get turned into ghoul shit and <laughs> dragon treats and yeah. That sounds therapeutic. It actually sounds amazing. It very much is. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Have you met a fellow author who is like more on the famous scale before? <laughs> Do you know who Patricia Cornwell is? No. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, Patricia Cornwell writes the the Case Garpetta murder mystery. So actually, getting ready to make them into a TV a, a TV series with Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, okay, they're they're true crime. Kay, uh, Patricia Cornwell is a lawyer. She she spent time in the Richmond, Virginia um, coroner's office. She's a doctor. I mean, she's literally. Dr. Lawyer, Indian Chief, and she writes this amazing forensic pathologist character named Kay Scarpetta, who helps the Richmond PD solve crimes by using forensic science. Uh, we live near Dover Air Force Base here in Delaware, and she came to the base to tour our, our mortuary, where we receive uh, fallen soldiers from overseas. And while she was there, she did a book signing. And our store manager at the time that I was working for already knew I was a writer. And he arranged for me to meet her. Oh, that was nice. And I got a little private meet and greet. And, then, and my, she signed the copy of my, you know, my copy of her, her latest book and said, she, said, she signed, uh, Brenda, good luck on your writing career. And, That's amazing. And of course, I've been to to um, to uh, author events and met some really amazing, amazing indie authors. And but you know, the fact that she took the time and she she was like excited about it. She's like, "Oh, absolutely! I will definitely meet her." And and uh -huh. we talked, we talked for twenty minutes, and it was just like. You know, it was like I'd met Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and God all in one. <laughs> all in one, just just wrapped up. And I I I I was really cool. I I didn't fangirl too terribly badly. <laughs> but, just um, a little. I I had literally read all of her books up to that point multiple times. I had my favorites. I literally would have like a battered paperback copy in my car or in my purse, you know, at work under the counter. I was working at the flower shop that was just down from the store that we were working, that I was, you know, that, that it was taking place in. So, you know, a flower shop doesn't always, is not always the most happening, hop, hopping scene in, on the planet. So <laughs> if I wasn't writing a book, I was reading a book. So it yeah. was, it was, it was amazing. It, it really, really was. So, and I, I will treasure that forever. And not only did she write it in my book, she, she said it to my face. And, you know, and you could tell she meant it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know, she wasn't just putting on the face. She was genuine. She knew what she, yeah. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's awesome. And that's one of the things that's always stuck with me. And that's probably one of the reasons why when somebody asks me a question like that, she's the first person that pops into my head. So. Yeah. That's awesome. 
do you have any like advice we always love to ask you know other indie authors that especially those that have books mm -hmm. out do you have any advice for like newcomer writers or people that want to start writing i'll tell you the advice my grandmother gave me when i complained to her when i was 13 years old and visiting her for the summer that i was bored with all the books <laughs> she said oh you can't find anything to write uh, to read why well because i'm bored it, i was i had already read the shining by the time i was nine so, you know, a lot of the stuff that, that was out there that was my age appropriate was just boring. And she said, huh, okay. So write the book you want to read. And I said, what? And she said, you heard me. And she gave me a, pad, a, le a yellow legal pad from her desk and a pen and said, start writing a book. Well, wow. When you're 13, you know. How do you, you don't even know where to begin. And yeah. she took pity. I mean, that's, that's when she started telling me all the family history and stuff, but that is always my, my write the book you want to read. And if anybody ever tells you, Oh, ain't nobody going to read that. <laughs> Who's going to read that? Well, if you wanted to read it, guess what, sweetheart, someone else is going to want to read it. There's a hundred others that are just like, that's you. right. That's right. So, um, just do it go for it and don't worry about grammar punctuation just get those thoughts down on paper or into your computer however you want to do it into a voice recorder however you want to do it just get those thoughts recorded in one way or another and then worry about the rest later awesome good advice that it is, is good advice. great advice is well okay so when you're writing a book, you said it takes about a year. Mm -hmm. Is that a year of just writing the story or is that full editing? That's full... that's full editing. That's beta reading. That's alpha reading. That's the whole smack. Yeah. Okay. So how long does it take you to write at least like the first draft that you also edit? The first draft. <laughs> if, if like, okay. So an example, Tented took me, let's see, this published in... Oh, 10 years ago. So what was 10 years ago? That would have been 2012, uh, 2013. I can't, I can't math. Um, so this came out 2013. Uh, I would say this probably took me three or four months to write first draft. And like okay. I said, okay. I edit as I go. So it makes the editing process later a lot easier for me. Because by the time I'm I'm going into my second, third, and fourth rounds of editing, it's pretty much cemented the way I want it. And by the time that's happening, it's usually just grammatical and hey, did you mean to write there instead of that? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. just grammar. Just yeah. Yeah. Really just just the polishing is really what's left once I'm I'm done uh, writing that first draft. Because like I said, I, I edit as I go. So, yeah, it's just always interesting to me to like, because like, I we've had some writers that their first book took them 10 years, yeah, you know, yeah, and, then yeah. and then other writers pop it out in a month. Yeah. And it's just like, I never understood. There, there's such a spectrum. I never understood the ones who could literally pop a new book out like every two weeks or every month. They, you know, they, they do a book a month for a year. And it's like, how i thought i was pretty fast you know i'll tell you how they don't have kids that's how they don't have <laughs> little kids demons jobs. Them. yeah yeah i'm a wife i'm a mom and i work almost full time you know so yeah. So the fact that you're still able to like be this prolific in your writing like 12 books yeah. like that's that's a lot some people spend their whole lives writing that first one. right right yeah. yeah so that'll be me those are truly the labors of love those are the ones yeah. who said damn it i i am gonna finish this book i am gonna write my story come hell high water and and you know whatevs and those are truly the labor of loves i'm just trying not to get psychotic so <laughs> do you think you'd ever write other genres i've actually been dabbling in what i call hallmark romances you know the clean ones the ones they could adapt into Hallmark. Um, I love like murder mysteries and Agatha Christie. And like I said, uh, Patricia Cornwell. However, I just don't feel like um, 
my brain is geared for that kind of genre. And I know I'm definitely not geared for science fiction. So I have a feeling if I'm gonna write something other than paranormal, it's probably gonna be clean romance, sweet romance. Contemporary, you know, yes. Contemporary, uh, that kind of thing, yeah. And I, everyone's like, oh, you know, you, you, you got some funny stuff in your books, only accidentally. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sit there and go, oh, yeah, that's going to be so funny. No, you know, usually if you find something funny in the book that I've written, it's, it's been purely accidental. It's <laughs> so. kind of how my that's life good. is. Everything's accidental. <laughs> Accidentally funny or just accidental? <laughs> You're just like, oh, no, it's an accident. Well, it's, <laughs> it's an accident. accidental and then it turned funny, so. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, you know. Okay. You know, I literally, I, like I said, I let them run wild. I tell them what they want to, you know, they tell me what they want me to write. And I, I write up the incident report. So if someone cracks a one-liner or something, it goes in and just, you know, I don't have any yeah. inherently funny characters or anything like that. But every now and then someone says, oh my God, that character is so funny. He said the funniest <laughs> thing. I think the closest thing I have is Marty, my sawed off unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> think, think Danny DeVito as as a unicorn. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he belches in Princess's face. He, you know, he likes his stogies and single malt mash. And yeah, he's Danny DeVito in unicorn form. So. I'm the garbage man. <laughs> I'm the trash man. I take out the trash. That's all. Even Danny DeVito. <laughs> well, that that's great. Is there anything else you want to like talk about when it comes to your writing? I I've asked all my questions, so I just want to like open it up. If there's anything specific oh, oh, that I we might have missed that you think question. is important. Oh oh God! Go 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 go. Okay. Okay, do you have a special ritual while you write? Like, do you need to get a special candle lit? Do you have to have a drink? Do you have to have a special notebook, a special pen? Like, is there a, okay, a ritual? So every time I start a new book, I get a new notebook, a new set of pens. And I have not just black and blue ink. I have sparkly glitter ink and pinks and purples and, and whatnot. And then I have, like, cute little pencils with cute little erasers. That's for traveling. That's when I'm outside of the house. If I'm at, and then I'll come home and I'll just transpire, you know, transpose that into the computer. But if I am at home sitting down for a full on writing session, and like I said, I got to get my discipline back. But usually what I end up doing is yes, I either light a candle or I have some kind of essential oil going. You know, I've got the, I've got my uh, unicorn lights lit that I have strung across my office windows. And I always have to have a bowl of ramen soup. I, I love eating ramen while I'm writing. And then I have a snack drawer that has like um, peanut butter sandwich, cracker sandwiches in it. Uh, a, couple okay. of, a couple of those. Because, yeah, I don't. And I have a little mini fridge that usually has the little <laughs> seven ounce sodas, you know, because every now and then. I'll yeah, the little cans. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then I want a little Coke or something to go with it. And. Yeah, so I have a snack drawer, but I always, always have to have a bowl of ramen noodles while I'm writing. That's so cool. That's, that's interesting. I never would picture yeah, ramen. Would, yeah. That's I haven't heard one. that one before. That one's new. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so you're unique. Four, well, I, I hope so. <laughs> uh, we spent four years in Japan, and, uh, you know, I got, I got kind of addicted to ramen noodles then and my son who was born there um loves all things japanese and ramen noodles and so yeah always got to have a bowl of them fair <laughs> fair ramen is pretty good yeah it so. is yeah. even the cheap 40 cent packets will do in a pinch it doesn't have to be gourmet i'm not picky as long yeah, as yeah mr noodle works <laughs> yes <laughs> ramen ramen <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to open up this uh, so that you can plug in any socials that you have 
Let let the listeners know where to find you. Well, you can find me on Facebook at Brenda Tatro Author. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Nightshade underscore Mama. And you can find my books uh, on Amazon uh, for Kindle, KU, they're in print, and you can also get them through Audible. Ooh. Nice. And for our our YouTube watchers, you can see the little Amazon store link just listed below as well as we'll have all the links to all the socials in our description so they'll be able to find you we'll make sure cool (laughs) yes well if uh yeah so uh i have no more questions don you said you had no more questions i'm good okay i'm good we're good good. thanks (laughs) thank you so much for being on this was this was fun and like Again, unique answers. We haven't, again, we haven't had ramen yet. So, <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for having me. I've really had a great time. I haven't had, uh, it's been a pleasure. Before. I haven't done one of these yeah. in so long. I, I, I kind of forgot how to do it for, for a second yeah. there. <laughs> we forget, forget every time. <laughs> we just <Right>. make it up. <laughs> just kind of wing it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of Books and Booze. So we're going to say a good night, everyone. And once again, make sure to check out the description where all the links will be available. If you liked that reading, you can get that book. Bye, Bye, guys. Night. Night. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game, and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions. Opinionated Lushes.